Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Another addition to my uh, drunky McDrunkerson collection. Lettuce is a fine topping if you have got like nine things. Don't waste one of your three on lettuce. Both of you probably could use a salad. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. I know it's chilly out there. I know it's chilly out there. And the the running joke every year is we get two winters. It's the real winter. Then the week where it hits 70 and you're like, okay, we're done. (laughs) And then two weeks later, it's 40 during the day. And you're like, I tell you, yesterday in my house, was already an icebox and I never turn on the heat. I'm like, (laughs) it is cold in here, but it's all relative. The Lady Rebels are on the road tonight. They clinched at least a tie of the uh, conference title. I think, yeah, they clinched the tie uh, with a loss uh, by New Mexico. So they're in Laramie. It's six right now in Laramie at tip. Well, tip's coming up in half an hour. At tip, it might be four. That is a living hell. If you're a veteran player on the team, don't you just say, like, hey, freshman, you guys go handle this one? Well, I'm definitely not unloading the bus. No. You're right. That's nuts. You're right. Freshmen carry all the bags. But, no, in their case, you don't really want to bust the chops of the freshmen. They have some pretty good players as freshmen. So It's a good team. It's a good team. But they're uh, taking on Wyoming here in uh, just – a little bit. You set up the 5 o'clock hour beautifully. I don't know where this is going. Maybe there's no big five. You mentioned something about being blown away by a story. Uh, sports, news, TV, uh, movies, comedy. What is? It? What were you blown away by? So it's one of those things you read a headline and you laugh at it because you're like, oh, that's funny. The Onion came up with another good one. Clearly that's, fake. It's good. And then I started to look into it and I was like, wait a minute. If you People may have noticed, I didn't talk during that interview. I was just fascinated by the by the research I was doing on this. So at 4.30, I spent six minutes letting you talk while I was canceling a TV subscription. Sure. This is quite the show. And you were gone during Brad Powers. I'm like, what's going on here? Is he going to say anything? So big news. I don't know if you know this. Louis C.K. has a couple of shows this weekend. Wait, what? Louis C.K. is doing two stand-up shows Friday, Saturday night. Live in front of an audience? Yeah. Okay, keep talking. I'm and looking, he has decided on. to not cancel them. Okay. They are, are you looking up where he's performing this weekend? Because you are going to be blown away. Da, da, da. I, don't, I don't have a clue. I don't, know what to, okay. I don't know what to search for. What is it? What happened? Uh, Louis C.K. live from Kiev. What? He said he's not canceling. That this is what it's come to? Like he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm he's, he's full been banned, st- he's been banned from, from this country. This, no, he's not. First of all, he's not banned. He's still doing shows here. But he's on a European tour. He's doing two shows in Kiev, Ukraine. The entire nation has been ordered to stay home. He's going forward with them. Hmm. That actually is a New York Post. Wouldn't you just say, I'll pass? I'll, I'll get you guys back on the next tour. Like, what is he doing? I, I can't. Im- <laughs> it's like reading. You're doing the same thing I'm doing. Reading the story. Like, this can't be real. This is nuts. Is anyone actually allowed to go to the show? I don't think. Like, I mean, people. Are, they're supposed you to stay shouldn't. Home. I mean, they're being attacked. 
I almost just made a massive mistake, and I'll not do that. Okay. And you're sure this is a real story? It's the New York Post. It's weird. Ari says the Post sucks. Uh, it's not the greatest. It's They're not going to... They've gotten me gonna, many times. I'm, they've gotten you? What do you mean? What does that even mean? Like, like the story, what they posted is not accurate or it's clickbait, and then all the real truth comes out, and you're like, oh, oops. Yes, on this very show, I'm sure Willie or Brady, if he's listening, could tell you, on uh, February of 2021, Ari put that article in, and it was fake. Maybe not fake, but they're they're often misleading. I'll just say, how's that misleading? Do we need to sit here and have a whole discussion on no post real or fake? Because I think I think you're mostly <laughs> wrong. You're wrong. All right, big five time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. They're listening all the time. Who is? They are. Okay. So yesterday on the show, we were talking about restaurant decorum and being nice. Well, we started talking about National Supermarket Employee Appreciation Day, but we got to servers and we had this whole discussion. So then I'm looking on my phone, I don't know, four hours later, and on my newswire, something comes up about polite restaurant habits that are actually rude. I was like, how, why would that come up unless the, the phone is listening to the show while I'm doing it? Do I have to turn off the phone? Don't spy on me. The ads are crazy. It's creepy. By the way, I there were 10 listed. You can check it later. One of the things that I thought was polite, but I think I do it the right way, was listed, and that is cleaning up the table before the server comes back and stacking the plates. Why Apparently, they hate that. There's a certain way they do it. Ugh, I do that every time. I get a little OCD when it's messy, and I'm not. But I, I, you know what? That could be taken as a statement, like you didn't do it quick enough. And instead, I'm like, no, I'm actually. I'm I, I, stack, I stack similar size plates, a couple of smaller ones, and then every, you know, if it's like coffee creamers, sugars, napkins, I'll put them on there as well. I'm just trying to help a little bit. Yeah. I, and I, I always get a thank you, but I, maybe under their breath, they're muttering. Son of a well, I think. In that case, even if it even if it's more difficult, I think they understand that you're just trying to help them, right? I mean, I, like there are times where people do things that are annoying or make your job a little bit more difficult, but you're you're like, hey, I, I get what you're trying to do here, thank you. Like I don't I don't think if you're not, if you're not doing it to be malicious, I think people understand that. So along those lines, are we helping restaurants in 2022 by not going in or not picking up and using delivery services, the big delivery services? We're certainly not helping. We're not, but we're no. giving them business. Yeah, but like businesses adapted to having deliver to deliver things for a while, and this is a running theme that we're talking about of things that have ch- like parts of life that have changed dramatically, and that will change. Anytime there's a you know a global event like a pandemic, it changes life. And what we talked yesterday about there's no need to really go into offices anymore. Like, why do you have offices? Do you work from home all the time? Uh, in the case of restaurants, they adapted. Okay, people can't come in. We're going to d- adapt and deliver. Now, many restaurants aren't used to delivering. It costs them a lot more to package. De- like when you package delivery, you not only have to make the food, you have to wrap it all up. You know, in in very secure packaging so that it can travel in a car. You have to actually hire delivery people or have a third party delivery service, which usually charge exorbitant rates, which cut into your profit. And the biggest thing to me 
which I've complained about because there's a place in town I love and I can't go there anymore because they are so overwhelmed with delivery orders that you go in, there's nobody else there. Yep. Like, I'm the only person in the restaurant, and they're like, hey, we've got 38 orders to make right here. Can't help you. In it person. sucks. It sucks. And so it, it really sucks for restaurants. So they're trying to figure out ways to get people to come back out. Either pick it up, which still is not great, or just go back out and eat in restaurants again at some point as we start to um, start to come we're, out of this. Folks, as you know, we're very big on social interaction. Get out and, you know, meet and greet people. No, or sit by yourself and scroll through the phone. That's what I do. But, like, that, I, it is a problem for restaurants. And, and this is, uh, you know, I was reading a couple of stories about this today, actually, that, um, you know, restaurants are trying to figure out now how to adapt back to being either delivery or a lot of pickup or, you know, trying to get people, incentivize people to come back out because it is not a great business model for them. It cuts into their profit margin. Number four. Big game in the Mountain West Conference last night. ISO spot. Colorado State beats Wyoming at home. 61-55. A lot of Wyoming fans at Moby last night. It was a sellout. For folks who don't know, that is a really big rivalry because Fort Collins and Laramie, very close. Very yeah. close together. So border it's, war. It's a, it's a border war, yep. Um, interesting in the game, because it applies to what UNLV has coming up, um, David Roddy went for 26-11. and 11. You know, in two games... 26 points, 11 rebounds. In two games, David Roddy didn't, against UNLV didn't score 26 combined. Yeah. That's how good their defense was on him. He destroyed them four of seven from three. UNLV still has its only game against Wyoming coming up next week. They have the second and third leading scorers in the conference, Hunter Maldonado and Graham Ike, and those guys were held to 12. It shows how basketball, and this is, we're not giving you anything that's not known already, is, a, is so much about matchups, and sometimes teams just don't match up well against you know one team and they're freaking in great shape against others. So what we've got set up here is a lot of the teams at the top of the conference are going to play each other and then play teams in the middle of the conference. Like UNLV has a real chance to advance itself and do some damage. Boise on Saturday here, Wyoming middle of the week next week. There's some really good opportunities, and then you have the top four teams going against each other and as I've been predicting for about three weeks, when people started saying four teams in from the Mountain West Conference, it's turning out it's going to be really tough. Yeah, they're just they're they're cannibalizing each other, and then the middle of the conference has enough teams like Fresno, Utah State, UNLV, and even Reno, if healthy, that are going to pull an upset here or there. If not, the rest of the regular season, it could happen in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Sure, but they're still in decent enough shape now to make that happen, but we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks and uh, see what teams play their way in. And, and you never know what's going to happen with, you know, it's, it's not crazy to think that UNLV would win the Mountain West tournament. Wyoming's 11-3. and three. They close against Reno, San Diego State, at UNLV, Fresno. Could go 3-1, and one, could go 0-4, could go 1-3. and three. Sure. San Diego State, last three games, at Wyoming, home Fresno, at Reno. That could be messy. Boise's got at UNLV, Reno at CSU. The other thing that could change a little bit here, who wins the player of the year in the conference? What does Bryce Hamilton have to do on a team that is, you know, probably going to finish 5th, 6th, 7th? I think 7th would be, you know, a disaster down the stretch, yeah. but a team that's going to finish in the middle of the conference, he's leading the league in scoring. If you're looking for an MVP, what is UNLV without Bryce Hamilton? He's yeah. the MVP. Yeah. But player of the year, what does he have to do these last three games? 
friggin' 30 points a game? I mean, that would And be, they go 3-0? I, I think you need to do it in a – I mean, I think he already did did it once uh, with the win at Colorado State and having a, just a massive game. I think you need another one of those blow-up type performances in a win over a top-tier team. I think that that's how you get it done. Reminder, UNLVtickets.com is where you can go to get your tickets for the Mountain West Basketball Championships, men's and women's, at the TNM. 20 games over seven days. It's going to be freaking intense. Really cool. And you got seven teams on the men's side inside of the net top 100. UNLVtickets.com. Number three. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN.com, big-time hockey writer, wrote a story about the issue of the NHL regarding the Russian invasion of Ukraine. What is the issue? That there are so many Russian players and some of them who have been strong backers of Putin, like Ovi? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Do they not speak on this? Can you ask about it? Will it be shielded? What's going to happen? Well... Uh, there, it's it's more than that, right? It's not it's not even just should they not speak on it or should they be shielded. I think there's a genuine question to be asked if you should really platform them because what are they going to say? They're going to deliver the you know the message of hey, Ukraine was Ukraine was committing genocide. They're invading us. Like, what do you want us to do? We're protecting our land. Like, are, is it again? I'm not saying one way or the other. I think that's the question to be asked. Like, should you platform somebody that's going to do that and allow them to speak out and say that? I, I think that's that's a fair debate to have. My Lord. I, they run the league, Bill Daly and Gare. Can they just say, you know what, that's above my pay grade? Because I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it kind of is, but it's also a league that is international. Of course. And the real world exists. And Ovechkin has been... A massive Putin backer. Well, and, and not to mention, like, you, there's Russian players in the NBA, too, and, and there's Ukrainian players, and there's Ukrainian players in both. Yep. Like, how do you how do you handle that, and how how fair is it to say one side can speak and the other side can't? I mean, we we know the truth. We know we know what the truth is. But are we the arbiters to say, hey, the, the guys that are on the right side of this can speak and the guys that are on the wrong side can't? Like, I don't know that that's fair. I... I it sounds like I'm making a case. I'm not. I'm saying these are questions that have to be asked of how the media should handle it, how the league should handle it, how players should handle it. I think it's very fair. And if you're saying just keep politics out of sports, you're an idiot. That's that, that's not possible. There's no such separation in this case or others. Like politics and sports are the same. And you have to you have to accept that. Uh, to go to go forward, and then these questions have to be asked, and I think it's it's incumbent on on us to figure out what the right thing is. I don't know what the right thing is, and I and I don't think I don't think it's anything anybody knows for sure. You just have to kind of figure it out as we go. Number two reports out that uh, Troy Aikman is done with Fox, going to be moving on to ESPN. You would think landing spot is Monday Night Football. We're not big Aikman backers. We're not big Aikman detractors. You know, I was just thinking if ESPN's been trying to solve this, hey, we need some sizzle on the Monday Night Football broadcast. They've been trying to get it done for years. And in general, Monday Night Football has tried so many different experiments, right? I mean, the Dennis Miller thing, it was a try. It didn't work out. 
but they've tried. Gruden was, I thought, pretty solid. Don't they have an obvious guy to put on Monday Night Football? Like, it is clear as day who knows football but is highly entertaining. That they already have? No. I'm saying he's available. He's out there. Oh, like okay. it's, it's right in front of him. No. No, I would say Pat McAfee. Oh, sure. It's clear sure. as day. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you men- mentioned Sean McVay because on a recent list, this is for Fox, on a recent list put out by one of the blogs of replacements for Aikman, McVay is on there. We've been talking about this since last year. I noticed um, one of the uh, podcast hosts for Cowherd's podcast, John Middlecoff, he said, been saying for a while, McVay will make $20 million to coach the Rams next year. All right. We're sharing a brain. <laughs> We've been saying this since last year that yeah. this guy needs to go. Now that he's won a Super Bowl, we were saying it before he won the Super Bowl, that he needs to go to Kroenke, and it's, you know, 10 years, $200 million right now. Yeah. Or I'm leaving. Because yeah. TV money is so big, he can take a break for three or well, four years. And look around. He's, he's coaching in a $6 billion stadium. Yeah. For one of the richest people on the planet. Middlecoff said he knows it. Now Stan knows it. He has the Rams by the you-know-whats. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and again, like it's it's what the market will bear. And in this case, the market will – Sean McVay right now could get $20 million a year to do TV. Yep. So if you want him to keep coaching, isn't that the rate? Actually, I'm a terrible agent. I'd ask for twenty-five. Sure. TV is a lot easier than it is. having a coach, whatever, 361 days a year. Not only is it a lot easier, it opens up other revenue streams. Like, oh, I'm going to go make $20 million to do this and do it one night a week or whatever it is. And then much, I'm also going to spend much the was, rest of the week doing I'm, other things. I'm sorry. How much was Gruden making with his uh, beach beer commercial that Romo took over, right? <laughs> yeah, good point. I have no idea. I mean, there's a lot of marketing dollars. Sure. And McVay, is, I mean, he's so much more marketable than... Almost every everyone we've seen in broadcasting, he, aside, aside from John Madden, and he brought a Super Bowl to LA, so he's already got that. Time. He can be he can be right into Hollywood. There's so many things he can do. Yeah, twenty five million a year to the Rams. Ten minutes away from talking to Greg Wyshynski, NHL expert. He's all over this story with uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and how it's going to affect the players and the organizations around the NHL. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Stick around. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. My guy said, okay, well, what about gas prices? I said, well, it's one and the same, man. You can't say we should be tougher on Russia with, with sanctions and say, oh, I'm mad that gas prices are going up. Hometown hero, O.J. Simpson, giving us details of his golf conversation and being possibly the voice of reason with his golf buddies. He was lecturing them on what a, what a world policy and the resulting effect on gas prices. <laughs> That's right. 
OJ's world fascinates me. I mean, that's a, that's a word. Why couldn't he just stay in Florida? He's he a, he he's could finally go. He's a Las Vegan. It's because we've called him a hometown hero so many times. He's a Las Vegan. Yes. And he loves the, the bars and restaurants here. He does. We're going to get into his fantasy league like next year or not? Trying. Are you trying? Mr. Simpson is a great man. Which I there's always a, a tinge there's a tinge of, of uh, sarcasm in that. Well, you've called he's basically you you say he's an easy mark really in fantasy that no, you would destroy him. Said that. But then you show respect for him, which is funny. Like, do you think his golf partners like really get heated with him? No. And then at some point he just looks at him like, No. You want to do this? That's what I'm saying. Are you sure? That's why I think he does well in fantasy football because everybody just hands him all their players. He sends a trade. He's like, you yeah. better do this. All right, OJ. What do you think I would name my team if I was in OJ's Oh, my league? God. So many choices. <laughs> Adam generally has the most horrific and offensive fantasy football names. and Oh, boy. <laughs> the commission would not approve that name in that league. Well, I get to name my team whatever I want. So we're going to spend uh, probably 40 days talking about this up until the draft, which is um, it's more than 40 days away, isn't it? It's like 60-something. Uh Adam Hill's plan to tear down the Raiders, rebuild, and the latest examination of that is, you know, Derek Carr is gone for draft capital, and Adam needs to find a quarterback. But you're not really going to find the quarterback this year, I don't think. So we wanted to look ahead to 2023 or 24. You're going to want to trade for 2024 first-round picks. Are you encouraged by anything on these lists? Because I looked at the list, and I was like, Man, I don't know. And I think there could be someone on these early lists for two years. And, you know, uh, I'm going to say one year from now, 2023, and two years from now, where, like, the top guy might not even start for his team middle of the year next year. We saw it happen this year. Sure. Spencer Rattler lost his job. Heisman favorite. I don't know why I'm screaming. Heisman Heisman favorite and number one selection are different things. Okay, the 2023 draft right now, if you look at some lists, the quarterbacks listed are C.J. Stroud, who at Ohio State – could take a dump four games in and lose his job. Bryce Young, who we said earlier, is he's a great player, but he's 5'11", 194. Anthony Richardson, who I actually think is, you know, has the potential to be Josh Allen. Notice what I did there. Uh, 6'4", 248, but he's barely played. Right? He's at Florida. Uh, Will Levis at Kentucky. Phil Yurkovic, BC. Tyler Shug. The guy that you would have said would be the number one pick in any draft he'd go in, who flopped last year. You remember? Who's that? DJU. Sure. Does he recover? So that's the Raiders. Is that is that your plan? You loved him so much. Is that your plan? Well, I loved him as a college player. I'm going to get – you loved him as a pro prospect. Well, He's a, a monster. Yeah, he is. Spencer Rattler's on the list. Keaton Slovis is on the list. Any one of those guys could be the highest-rated quarterback going into 2023. And by highest rated, that could mean they're the 28th pick in the draft. Sure. You never, so you never so to, to my point, your plan of rebuilding, and then eventually you will get your quarterback, and you need him on a rookie contract. That science is so inexact. Your plan stinks. Well, it stinks. It's better than trying to compete and it's, not winning. It's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. At least it's a plan. I have a plan. Try to what? 
Flip Try car. Try to compete with Mahomes and Herbert flip, and flip car. Okay. Well, by that logic, Adam, then you rebuild for eight years. No, you're you're letting them get to a point where they're they're capped they're out. Capped out. Okay. All right. And then you're that's when you're trying to compete. All right. Well, part fourteen of this discussion coming probably next week, but it'll be we'll be building on this one. Adam Hill's tear it down plan. Enjoy 77-cent Bud Light bottles during Vegas Golden Knights games at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Patrick gets the puck, looks toward center, finds Stevenson, protects it, works his way ahead, three men across the line, Stevenson scores! No mistake about that one. Empty net goal for Chandler Stevenson, a two-point day. And the Knights have a 4-1 lead, 32 seconds to go. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Night's back in a couple of days. My Lord, it's chilly here. It's like 46. Uh, Bristol, Connecticut, It's it's. I think it's going to snow tonight. It's 30 degrees there. Sounds awful. A lot of people keep doing this. I don't get it. <laughs> Elko got out. She went to L.A. Happier than ever. Greg Wyshynski is in Bristol. I don't know what he's doing. ESPN.com hockey expert. Greg, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. We did our show, The Drop, tonight, heading into this uh, Capitals-Rangers game that's on. It's on uh, ESPN+. Plus. It's a fun little hockey show. We have Mark Messier and John Cooper, head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, on to talk God, about hockey and cigars. Man, you're a pro. That was a beautiful segue. <laughs> beautiful. I was getting on you for not moving to L.A., but, you know, it was all worth it with that segue. That was beautiful, and that promotion was, was awesome. So, uh, you know, saw your tweets today. Saw, you know, you talking about what's going on now with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and it absolutely is a topic around the NHL. So I, I wanted you to tell the, the Vegas audience why you believe it's a topic. We read some tweets earlier, people saying, hey, you shouldn't ask the players about, about what's going on there. It's not fair to them. Uh, in the case of Ovechkin, you know, first and foremost, what do you think? Yeah, that's the difference. I mean, I think I think those people are right in the sense of like walking into a, a, a an NHL dressing room and pointing to the the nearest Russian and saying, "Hey, you're Russian. What do you think?" <laughs> I mean, that that's understandably. I mean, you could make the journalistic case that that's okay, but you could also say that what does this person have to do with with the invasion that's going on? But in Alex Ovechkin's case, um, he has been an ardent and active and public supporter of Vladimir Putin. To the point where he uh, took part, or one might say even created, a social media campaign called Putin Team uh, when uh, when uh, Putin was up for a re-election a few years ago. Uh, you know, just talking about how much how proud he is of the guy and talking about how good he is for Russia and supporting him. And so the the, the reason why uh, that's the reason why I think there's a difference between asking Alex Ovechkin that question and asking any other Russian player and. And he's been asked about it in the past, and, and, and you know, the, the media sometimes gets criticized for not addressing this with Ovechkin because he's such a big star, um, but it's, it's kind of hard to get him on the record about something that he won't talk about because his, the line he sells is that it's merely just supporting the country and it's not meant to be political, even though he was basically running a social media uh, political campaign for the guy. So I guess the, the question that I would have, and we were just kind of going through this, and I, I don't know what the right answer is. I, I, I don't, I'm not advocating one way or the other, but aren't we also running the risk if we do platform Ovechkin on this topic that he just reads the talking points of Putin and spreads that information? 
Right, but we don't know, and that's the point. You know, it was interesting to see the reaction to to him not talking about it today on on social media because you you had some people, you, you had a few few viewpoints. You had one thing you shouldn't even ask him about it um, because of the the spot it would put him in and the spot it would put his family in Russia in. Obviously, you know everybody's concerned about their safety if if he says the wrong thing. Um, and then you had people saying that it's it's fair game, and I, to my 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 reaction is that you got to ask him the question. Like he's he's watered upon himself by campaigning for Putin to be asked the question. What his response is, we don't know. That's why we asked the question. Will it be talking points? Um, will it be something else? Will it be no comment? I mean, who's who's to say? And that's why. You know, I understand the sensitivity around around these these issues for for Russian athletes. I mean, we saw Artemi Panarin of the Rangers go through something like this uh, last season when it came to criticism of the Russian government. Um, but I don't think that 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 means you don't ask the question. Um, I think you have to ask the question, and I think that Ovechkin has has put himself in this situation to be asked about it when when Vladimir Putin decides to invade another country. Greg Wyshynski, ESPN.com, NHL writer. Should the league step in and just make the decision for all of us, the players and the media, by saying, you know what, these players aren't available? No, oh, hell no. I mean, I mean that, that would be terrible. <laughs> I mean, that would, that would be antithetical to anything you'd ever want the, the, the league to do uh, with regard to its relationship with, with working media. Um, but I think there is there are decisions to be made by by leagues beyond the NHL. For example, the International Ice Hockey Federation is meeting uh, soon to discuss uh, what they're going to do with some events that are due to be held in Russia. Uh, there's a you know, World Junior, I think, tournament uh, scheduled to be held in St. Petersburg, some other international events as well. So it's going to be interesting to see um, you know, what happens and whether there's any reaction to what's gone on here when it comes to international hockey. We are. Uh, you you did mention you were talking about the uh, the Rangers and the Caps. Uh, I was I was in New York working on a story about uh, Gerard Gallant and Ryan Reeves a little bit ago, and Gallant was kind of lamenting that nobody in New York still believes in them. They still don't think that they can win. Can this team win a cup? Ooh, you know they're an interesting team um, in, in the sense that I think they're good, and, and I think that they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. But how good is the real question? Um, for most of this season, I think you could safely say that Igor Shachurkin, their goaltender, was the primary reason why the Rangers were in a playoff spot. Their underlying numbers, um, percentage of shots uh, taken from each team, um, scoring chances, all these other metrics that you follow to really determine how well a team is playing in front of a goaltender, were in tra- where they were in the trash can. Like, they were terrible. They were, like, worse than the Coyotes in some cases. Um, so I, I think what you're looking at is whether those numbers trend up and get to be as good as the goaltenders then. Uh, Golden Knights out here in Vegas, a lot of a lot of buzz around Jack Heichel being finally out on the ice and healthy and ready to go. Uh, this is a team that can be unbelievably dangerous when they're at full strength. We haven't seen that yet this year. Uh, what kind of a threat do you think they are if they can get everybody on the ice for the playoffs? Yeah, that's the real key. Is I think they have to get everybody on the ice for the playoffs. They have to get healthy. I'm a little bit concerned about their goaltending. Uh, you know, beyond uh, Laner, I, 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 
I, I still wish that there was a way you could have kept Flurry here <laughs> for a little bit longer to really make a go of it. Um, but, uh, but I think that uh, at full strength, they're, they're as good as anybody in this league. And, and it's going to be real fun to see Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights. I throw the St. Louis Blues in there. Who, uh, who, survive, who survives the grind in the Western Conference? Should We had this discussion about a week ago. I don't know if either side would want to do it. Should the Knights make a run at bringing back Flurry? Nah, I think that ship sailed. I think I think that's asking for that's a that's a bigger distraction than you'd want uh, heading into the postseason is is revisiting that drama and and and, and it probably ends up putting more pressure on Laner than that he deserves too. Looking back on that whole thing, the split with Flurry, where do you fall? Because this town is very much fractured over who the bad guy was. Well, you know it's not fractured. Um, I would say eighty percent of the people here think the bad guy is the Knights. Uh, there are some who know some of the stories behind the scenes, like my buddy here, Adam Hill, who believe Flurry was the bad guy in the case. Well, I mean, good guy, bad guy. I mean, the fact of the matter is the guy was the face of the franchise, and then they decided to bring another goalie in. <laughs> right? So, I mean, uh, granted, they did it at a time when Flurry's head really wasn't into the, in, into it. I mean, like, he, he was struggling. He was dealing with off-the-ice issues with the, the passing of his father and things like that, but I mean, as far as like who who ran him out of town, I mean, you could say at the end of the day, it might have been it might have been the acquisition of Laner and the salary cap. Um, but I don't know. I, I think for what he did for that franchise, uh, they did him a little bit dirty. Adam, you don't agree with that? Well, I mean, it's more to me. It's more the leaving town and then trying to burn every bridge imaginable by out and out lying about how the franchise handled the trade. Um, and and I, that was my case of I agree with you. They shouldn't try to bring him back. Uh, because, like, first of all, why would you want? If you think the franchise did you that dirty, why would you want to come back? And why would the team want him back if if he's out there talking you know, negatively about them in the press, which was ridiculous to me? Like the whole thing, it, it should be in the past. It should be behind us. But I also think there's a misunderstanding of how that all went down, and people are furious about things they don't actually know about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Uh, but I, but I also think that you know, again, like you go back to what he meant for that franchise, what he did for that franchise giving them relevancy right off the hop. Um, they, I felt like it was maybe an overreaction to a bad spell for him uh, in an otherwise stellar tenure there uh, to basically bring in somebody that, I mean, it's pretty clear Pete DeBoer liked better than him, you know, and was, and was more than happy to hand the reins to uh, when given the opportunity. So it's funny, I was told, I'm far from a hockey expert, but, you know, we've got hockey experts on the show like Adam who covers the Knights. I was told repeatedly that the Pacific, oh, I mean, you know, the Knights should roll. Now the Knights have had some weird circumstances. Um, as it turns out, there's been a lot of improved teams in the Pacific. Who's the team you look at that really could shock everyone? I mean, they've improved. Um, who do you think is most dangerous? In the Pacific? In the Pacific, uh, yeah, of the, of the surprise what? teams. Well, I mean, I don't know if Calgary is a surprise team. I mean, I think we we assumed they'd be pretty good this year. I think the surprise there is how good they are offensively. I mean, a, a Daryl Sutter team typically is not known for its goal-scoring prowess, but they've scored a bunch of goals this year, and then they went out and made the trade for Tyler Toffoli from the uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, recently, and, and that's a smart move, man. He's a, he's a heck of a player, and to throw him into that top six with the talent they already have there is, is great, plus the goaltending. The team that I'm intrigued by, and I, and I do think they're going to end up being a playoff team, are the L.A. Kings. Um, their underlying numbers are all really strong. They continue to get good goaltending. And they're one of these teams that has a bunch of veteran guys like Dowdy and, and Kopitar who, 
if you talk to them, seem they are like they are the most fed up you could imagine <laughs> at being on the outside looking at these playoffs and being in this like slow rebuild. And and if you look at the scoring uh, leaders and the Kings, it's all the veteran guys that have really been able to kind of like lead the way this year. Um, so I, I don't know if they're all that dangerous. I don't think they're better than either Calgary or the or the Knights, but I do think they're going to be a playoff team at the end of the day. Greg, we appreciate the spot. We know it's late where you are. And uh, one more time for the Vegas audience, if they're not familiar, talk about the drop. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's the drop. It's uh, If you go to the ESPN Twitter feed, you can find the final cast of the show. And then you can also look for it on ESPN Plus uh, if you've got that. It's just a good half an hour of, of goofy fun and good interviews with me and my uh, co-host Ardo Cal. And, uh, and you can check out all my writing on ESPN.com. i got a column up today about the 11 new coaches that we've had in the NHL. Uh, since the end of last season and, and how they're all doing. Some of them are doing good. And some of them are uh, like yo with the Flyers, which you is, go. you know, <laughs> different. Greg, thank you so much. Have a good night. Anytime. Thanks. So we haven't really had the discussion on Leonard. What is going on? I mean, do they have to make a decision here? It's coming back. You, you, you can't. Okay, this we talked about durability, right? Sure. And I wanted to make an over-under bet, and I wasn't rooting for the guy to get hurt, but we talked about his durability and how many games he would start. And at this point, the most important thing is being healthy towards the end of the season, getting some rhythm, and then being available all the time in the playoffs. Yeah, Are you confident that's going to happen? Or would they – I mean, this is an organization of now, right? Sure. Now they're going to have to sit here and juggle around the salary cap. Like, do they have to make a decision here? Trade deadline's March 21st. Is a decision on the way, like, hey, this just is not going to work. We have to go and get a guy. I mean, I think if there's an available backup that's out there, I think you should do it anyway. Just like I thought they should when Flurry was 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 here. Like I thought it was a good move to go get. So that. they don't need to go get a starter. No, they don't need to get someone for the playoffs. It's not that bad. You're confident. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think they're fine with Leonard. I mean, if he can get hurt again, anybody could. William Carlson get hurt, or I mean, everybody on the well, ice has been hurt this uh, year. Obviously, right now the, the goaltender is in a massively sure. important position, and, and it's just—I mean, I, I don't know if you want to call it bad luck or what. Pretty much every single player on the roster has been hurt this year. It's been crazy. So, I mean, does that continue? Does it keep going, and, and people continue to get hurt? Possibly. I, I think they're okay if you know for down the stretch, if they have to play, you know, Thompson or Bossois a little bit, they're fine with that. Uh, but in the playoffs, they want to have Leonard healthy and ready to go, and I think they—they they believe they will. Get down here to Silver 7s, really any day of the week. Great gaming offers, including Mondays in just a couple days in March. 3P to 9P, Slam Dunko. You get rewards with that A play, and then they've got a March Mayhem Scratcher that'll go down on Thursdays. And, of course, definitely should come down to eat, take advantage of some of the great specials here at Silver 7s. Again, you need the A play card, but Sterling Spoon Cafe upstairs. You can get the uh, New York Strip Steak Dinner, seventeen seventy-seven rack of ribs and fries, same price. Also, the uh, classic Jumbo Shrimp Cocktail, seven Jumbo Shrimp for seven seventy-seven. It is Silver Saturday here on the corner of Flamingo and Paradise. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Cofield & Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bang up, bang up. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Decisions are having to be made around the sports world with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, that includes on the soccer front, right? 
Yeah, uh, Champions League final was scheduled for St. Petersburg coming up in a little bit. And uh, they have officially said it will not be there, uh, which is obviously a very good decision. Uh, have not decided on where it will go. Wembley is the obvious choice, but there's actually a game there that day. So they can't really use that. Uh, they can use Spurs Stadium and Tottenham uh, or move it somewhere else around Europe. But uh, looks like that will not happen. Uh, will not be in St. Petersburg, at least uh, the start of, I'm sure, many uh, as I mentioned, there's some big hockey tournaments coming up in Russia as well. Uh, I imagine almost everything has moved out of there. Except, if you want to go see Louis C.K., you can still do that in Kiev this weekend. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We're heading towards the Kevin Kruger radio show. Coming up here in less than 10 minutes. Over at the Orleans. John Sandler, Curtis Terry on the scene. I'll be over there in just a little bit. Rebels are awaiting a big decision. Now, who knows? They may already know what the decision is. But they did get a visit from the number 13 player in the 2023 class. The list of competition was impressive. It appears that Kylan Boswell is down to Arizona, Illinois. Don't fist pump. Because um, I know you love Coach Brad Underwood. I do. Uh, but it's Arizona, Illinois, and UNLV. So he was at Arizona for a visit this last weekend at game day, so I'm sure that was impressive, and he even said it on Twitter that it was impressive. Champaign actually turns out to be his hometown. He's in Southern California now. So his dad and Kevin Kruger were in high school together. Ooh. But UNLV is battling some big boys here. Sure, but that's what they want to do. Again, now and I, I will throw out there, he may reclassify to 2022, which, you know, the Rebels bringing in a point guard would be awesome. I think Jordan McCabe is very good at the position, and, you know, the future is Keyshawn. But you can't have too many point guards. Sure. So this battle is, is fascinating because Arizona being close to where he is now, Arizona's going to be awesome with Tommy Lloyd. Now, yeah. I, I, think, I think he's going to do the, a mix of – building locally and then i think he's going to use the talent rich unwatched international market as gonzaga did sure i think he's going to use that to build the program so not the easiest choice and illinois is a really good program they do have andre corbello though i think has three years left or two wow. and he's a good player at Very the point good player, for yeah. sure. so if he reclassifies you wonder what he's going to do yeah but i think the the key is being in these battles and getting in this getting in this mix and obviously you want to win you want you want him uh, to come to unlv be a great addition a great player and, and a good fit but just being in these is good for you it's where you want to be it's it's the battles you want to be in you don't want to be fighting you know menlo college for guys you want to be fighting illinois and arizona and that's that's a good thing stick your hand in there dave good tweet earlier today from college basketball writer mike DeCourcy. last night he said um Kentucky and LSU had a no-handshake line. Somehow college basketball survived the calamity. <laughs> now, this whole handshake line thing is fascinating. What, what I thought was really intriguing in the thread were a ton of responses who were like, why are we, why are we rewarding bad behavior? You know, man up and shake hands. And the crazy thing, because the feel is like, back in my day, we were good sports. The funny thing is, and I'm only basing it on pictures. You know, you can, people could have a fake picture up there. Like, a lot of them are young people who are doing back in my day. Right. You have, like, an 18- or 19-year-old who are like, sportsmanship, we're going to lose it back in my – like, you're 18. Shut up. 
They could get rid of it, and no one would miss it like three games into the next season. It's so stupid.